nonprofit founders and leaders, change makers and dreamers? Are you searching for new ways to be heard amidst the overwhelming noise and confusion of these uncertain times? Giving Heartbeat is the place to make connections and ignite sparks of compassion into forces for good and together turn unsung heroes into everyday superheroes. Conversations with dynamic nonprofit champions from across the planet reveal how they turned passion into action and obstacles into achievements. I'm your host, Donna Valente. Welcome. Over the past three decades, I've met hundreds of incredible nonprofit changemakers from around the world. It's my passion and mission to promote them. This is Giving Heartbeat. Welcome. I'd like to welcome to the Giving Heartbeat studio this afternoon, Hector Del Valle and Willis Washington, who are co-hosts of the Zoom chat show, Living the Balanced Life. So I'd like to speak with both of you and find out a little bit about your background and what led you to start this show. And uh, how about we'll start with Hector? Well, um, I was born and raised in Dover, New Jersey, so not too far from you, Donna. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, I was uh, 17 years old. I'm going to fast track was, you know, 56 years old. So I have a lot to say. I'll try not to say it, not to steal that thunder from Mr. Washington. But yeah, no, I was uh, 17 years old when I was uh, drinking and driving. Um, I had a, you know, I was uh, escalating in my issues with uh, drug and alcohol addictions. And by the time I was 17 years old, I didn't think I had a problem. I was a captain gymnastics team. Things were going well. I was a partner's apprentice and I was making about $300 a week. So I thought I was good. You know, I didn't have no problems here. So, um, but I was uh, dri driving my car. I had my license for about six months and I ended up uh, hitting two cars in a brick wall, um, which left me paralyzed from the chest down. Wow. Yeah. And then, um, so what I did is um, I, I, I faked it. You know, I faked it as much as possible, you know, to just try to pretend, you know, that everything was fine. I was just going to walk tomorrow um, only because I had so much love and support when I had my action for my town, my family, friends and everything else like that. And I, I didn't want to let them down, you know, so I wanted to like, you know, recover from all my injuries. And uh, when that wasn't happening, I really had to start uh, facing life in, in a wheelchair and so I didn't know how to do that. I didn't, I tell people I didn't wake up from my injuries until 10 years later because mm -hmm. I was just spending so much time pretending that everything was okay. And mm -hmm. I mean, I met, you know, I became somewhat of the Jerry Lewis poster child back in 1982. I had my accident on September 17th, 1982. And um, I just started, um, started sharing my story, uh, hoping that it would prevent uh, drinking and driving from other students in high schools. And that's what I started doing. I started giving talks at schools. Uh, high schools, churches, you know, who would ever invite me to come speak to their audience. Um, but I wasn't addressing my own issues, you know. And for some reason, we, we seem to be really good at that in our society that, you know, we'll help so many other people, but we forget to take care of ourselves in that process. So mm -hmm. finally, when I, uh, when, I, when I admitted I had a problem, uh, I couldn't find an accessible substance abuse program. And um, so that was another issue, and I started advocating for that. So I advocated to raise their drinking age from 18 to 21 with President Reagan in 1985. And, um, and then I started advocating for accessible uh, substance abuse programs back in 1997. I moved to Florida in 97 
I was the Minority Outreach Coordinator in New York prior to that for the Westchester Independent Living Center uh, in White Plains, New York. And uh, when I moved down to Florida, it was just a whole different way of life. I really couldn't take the cold weather. My injury couldn't take the cold weather. So uh, I used to come down here on the, on the um, holidays. And then finally, in 1997, I made the big move. And I've been down here. Um, I've been pretty much independent. I went to school in uh, 2001, graduated with my master's degree in 2005 uh, with my master's in social work. And um, I started working at substance abuse counseling and trying to promote, continue to promote more accessible treatment here in Central Florida. And, um, and let me see, I, uh, I got my first job in 2005 and uh, dealing with uh, co-occurring disorders with veterans. And then, um, and then when I left there in 2010, I got married, 2015, I got divorced. And um, ever since 2016, and prior to that, because I've known Willis for almost 10 years, Oh. And so, um, so prior to that time, I, I, I met Willis, I think back in 2010, Willis, you think, 2011? Yeah, 2011. Maybe around there? Yeah. Yep, yeah. Uh, for United Spinal Association. So I was doing that for, uh, well, several years up until about 2016. And me and Willis started uh, promoting Don't Diss My Ability, uh -huh. uh, which is really the words that we used to promote the Accessible Icon Project, which is that new wheelchair logo mm -hmm. um, that we have. And so um, that's what he did, like from 2016 up until, you know, to, you know, pre presently, I would say. And then I've just started HDV Speaks and, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm now working with Willis Washington in a program called Lyft and trying to promote more accessible and affordable housing. Oh, that's, that's where we're at. So how did you guys meet? Because Willis, you're out in Oklahoma, Oklahoma. yes. <laughs> so I wanted to thank you very much for that. That um, backstory that was wonderful um, to hear all those great things. And mm -hmm. would you like to tell us your background and and what brought you two guys together and and what you're doing? Yeah, sure. Um, so, like Hector said, I, I believe. Uh, well, I'll start with myself. Born and raised in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Um, I was injured in a motorcycle accident in about uh, I think it was July 31st of 2010, and as a result of that, I was paralyzed from the waist down. Um, from there, I became a peer mentor and an advocate for people with disabilities. And some people had asked me here locally to get involved with the clinic, uh, which that became a peer mentoring group, if you will, mm -hmm. which also led to some opportunities to advocate here locally in the city uh, with some issues that were going to affect our health care. And as a result of those opportunities, uh, someone asked me if I would be willing to go to Washington, D.C. and represent the state of Oklahoma and kind of be the voice for other people who couldn't mm -hmm. go and travel and articulate, you know, what they were thinking. And that opportunity came about, uh, I'm, I'm, as Hector knows, you know, somebody mentioned a free trip and they're paying for it. I'm in. <laughs> so uh, that, that trip winded up, I believe the first trip was to Washington, D.C., and that's where I originally met Hector. <clears throat> we pretty much immediately hit it off. Uh -huh. uh, what, what that reminded me of is, you know, it was all the chapter leaders for the different states throughout the United States. So it was all the me's or the doers, if you will, in the other states. So that was kind of refreshing and, you know, re-energizing, uh, re if you will, 
because some of the time you feel like you're on an island, you know, doing all this stuff by yourself because you don't have all the support and help that you want. But seeing other people doing the same things, thinking the same way that you think, wanting to help people uh, really uh, created some synergy. So was there a, a conference that you were both at? Was that like a nickel conference or was that a... a similar, similar to nickel. It, it, it was called a, a Roach, a Roll on Capitol Hill. Oh, okay. And, and it was through an organization uh, called United Spinal Association out of Queens, New York. Mm-hmm. And as I said, I was the Oklahoma chapter leader. Hector was the Orlando chapter leader. Mm-hmm. And we, like I said, we hit it off just really our personalities, you know, A, and then B, because we had, a, I think, a common synergy of wanting to help people. So as, as a result of starting that relationship, you know, almost 10 years ago, we've had, you know, a million conversations about things we want to do, some of the things that we, we, we have done. And that's kind of where we're at today, uh, embarking on a new adventure. Mm-hmm. Which is called Living a Balanced Life. And it's a talk show, mm-hmm. uh, more or less, that Hector and a few other colleagues of his originally kind of came up with the idea and the thought process of it. And at some point, he thought to ask me to become a co host. Mm-hmm. And I gave it a little thought. I definitely wanted to do it. I was just like, man, when, you know, all the stuff we do, trying to juggle so many different things, you know, one more thing on my plate. (laughs) And I love to help, but we all all have the same 24 hours in a day. But this is really becoming a a huge mission or part of, I want to say more or less like a a part of the the missing piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. And it's just another avenue that I think will, a platform that will allow us to help more people which we're both really about. And taking a step back, recently I started a nonprofit organization called LIFT, L-I-F-T, mm-hmm. and it's for the Legacy Impact Foundation team. And primarily, we're making Living the Balanced Life a program of LIFT. So it all kind of works hand in hand. So LIFT was primarily established to provide some solutions for affordable, accessible housing which myself and Hector is, are, are really passionate about, wanting people to be able to have options mm-hmm. and, and regain some of their independence. So as I said, it, it, for me and for Hector, it just works hand in hand, and it gives us a bigger platform to show we'll live in the balanced life mm-hmm. to expose people and just let people know we're out there and you know, hopefully we can connect them to the resources that they need. Nice. And so, so how do you plan, like, do you have a launch that you're going to do when, is it for season two? Uh, would you like to speak to that? Um, well, both of you. Sure. Well, yep. Um, season two, uh, as you may or may not know, um, season one with, was with our good friend, Dr. Maxine Ruddick, who's a dynamite psychologist. Um, and she used to sit on the board of directors to the Center for Independent Living uh, with us here in Winter Park, excuse me, with me and, and others. And um, so when the pandemic hit in March of 2019, we, I'm sorry, we are in 2021, right? Yes. Yeah, so the pandemic hit in 2020, excuse me. Um, you know, me and Dr. Max just got together and we wanted to do something because we knew that this was going to change things completely around you know we just we just had an idea of uh you know the pandemic and how it was being handled so we wanted to do our part 
you know, to provide people information and resources, just what a, a CIL does, but, a, but instead virtually, because mm -hmm. we knew that this was going to be a new way that people are going to start communicating, right. you know, and, and, and connecting with. And we just wanted to provide um, how people were just keeping in balance why this turmoil when this crazy pandemic was just, you know, taking so many lives. So we wanted to address the physical issue of health and wellness. We wanted to address the mental and emotional issues of health and wellness and how this pandemic was affecting us. And of course, the, the spiritual and also the financial issues. So that's why we want to focus on those five areas, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and financial. And so we started inviting um, expert guests uh, to be guests on our, on our show, Living the Balanced Life. And then coming into his second season, um, Dr. Max was, you know, had to take care of herself as well mm -hmm. and had to sit this season out. And, um, and uh, Dr. Max and, uh, worked with both me and Willis on a program of hers uh, called Igniting, Her, Igniting Your Potential. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a six-week program that we hope that we can promote on, you know, what we're doing with Lyft. Because with Lyft, you know, I think there's going to be several umbrellas several programs to Lyft that's going to be dealing with some financial issues because that's a, a big issue, mm -hmm. you know, whether people either want to get back to work and, 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 and that fear of giving up that social security disability check or not knowing exactly how much money they can make on social security right. or just the fact that, you know, I, I, and I can only speak for myself here. I am horrible with money. I, I don't, didn't know how to handle money, didn't respect money. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if I had it, I spent it. I didn't save money. So I had to learn all these things. And, and, and as me and Willis were talking about this, you know, I said, well, dude, you know, I'm not going to go talk about anything that I haven't implemented myself, you know, or, or you know, applied to myself. So, and I knew that I had issues. So, so we met up with some great people um, to do somewhat of a financial fitness part of, uh, of Lyft as well, too. So we want to address all those same four areas, five areas that we talk about in Living the Balanced Life. We want to address that would lift and with those individuals and 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 to add to that was it would be a peer-to-peer -peer program as well too That's so Willis, did you want to add to that well as as hector said that was another uh thing that we had of common interest as far as how we could help people in a different way and possibly promote the show but also to just help other people cope with this pandemic and whatnot because a lot of people were being cut off uh, you know, social interaction that they needed to not feel so alone and dealing with uh, depression issues or becoming more depressed because they couldn't get out and about and just socialize, you know, simple stuff. So outside of that, the, the other areas that Hector had mentioned uh, under like the financial fitness, uh, there, there'll be things that we'll be discussing as far as like budgeting or, or, or be becoming a be better steward or manager of your money. You know, maybe living off eighty of percent of your money rather than a hundred percent, and just those little slight adjustments that should help a person start the process of becoming more financially responsible, and just in a in a position to you know maybe pursue their own dreams because they they're getting their financial house in order. Gotcha, gotcha. So, are are the shows targeted? For people with disabilities, or is that just, or is it anybody and you guys just happen to have disabilities? Like, how do you handle that aspect? Just kidding. Yeah, no. Sure. I'd like to say that, you know, living the balanced life and, and the goal of living the balanced life is to create inclusiveness. You mm -hmm. know, that these, this, this program, this world, this planet is for everyone. 
you know, and that, that's what we're really trying to do that. And when it comes to, you know, fitting in, especially like with the housing, you know, we really would hope that we can start looking at it as more of a universal design kind of thing um, as well. So it's, uh, it's, it's for both people with and without disabilities. Cool. I remember the short version of that. No, that's, that's, <laughs> that's a good point because like with my, this podcast, there are a lot of people that I interview that just happen to, have disabilities and I don't say this is a dis- disability podcast because it's not because it's everybody and uh, people can be disabled at any time in their lives so I just don't really f- focus on that part of it um, but anyway yeah. just so. I think that's a big part of the problem though I think the part of the problem is trying to fit in mm-hmm. especially if you're newly you know if you become newly disabled you know you've been living a physical able-bodied life for so long and then you become disabled it just you know it, it, you need to find out where you fit in. And, and I know that's why I tell people that it took me about 10 years because I wasn't accepting it mentally and emotionally. You know, I was really keeping it within myself and, and just not talking about it. And that was a big part of my substance abuse issues was because I wasn't talking about what was really going on. You know, so, you know, that, that happens a lot, especially, you know, I, I can't tell you how many families I've seen, you know, where somebody becomes, you know, paralyzed or disabled for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so it seems like sometimes the patient or the individual with a disability ends up wanting to take care of everybody else because, you know, family members, they just don't know what to do. They're overwhelmed. It's changing other people's lives. You know, the disability does, just doesn't affect you. It affects everybody around you, you know, family, friends. It's just, you know, job if you're, if you're an employer at the time. So it, it really, you really have to uh, dig in and, and, and get ready for this, you know, physical, mental, emotional ride, spiritual ride that it takes on, you know, itself. So, so if we don't take care of ourselves, and that's the bottom line, we really just need to take care of ourselves in order to be there for other opportunities that may arise, whether it's, you know, getting back to work or, or you know, I've seen a lot of my friends become athletes, professional athletes with the Paralympics. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it all takes commitment. It all takes work. And, and Donna, uh, although me and Hector are physically uh, bound and, and, and in wheelchairs uh, were categorized as disabled. But as we've gone through this journey together, we really mentally don't even think of ourselves as being disabled anymore. We were, we're mobility challenged, but not necessarily disabled. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're very able and capable. Absolutely. <laughs> and so we try to get that message out as well, mm-hmm. because I, I think it, it not only helps uh, individuals in our uh, culture, you know, in the disabled population, but it also helps uh, people who aren't disabled to, to understand how to interact with us, mm-hmm. you know, even if you will. So Absolutely. Part. Absolutely. Well, I'm hoping that the show gets a lot of audience because um, it's important to get out into the community and, and let people know, you know, that, that we're, we're here, we're part of the community. Part of every going anywhere. Eventually, if you live long enough, you're going to end up with some kind of mobility impairment yourself. So you know, might as well make that old aging process. We got got a head start on that one. (laughs) Oh, but you know, you also help make things accessible for people. You know, moms pushing baby carriages. You know, it helps everybody. So 
Um, and that's why I love that universal design because that's exactly, it includes mothers, it includes other individuals, seniors, you know, they're not as moving as fast, you know, going up steps and stuff like that. So, you know, we're, we're definitely looking for a more universal design in the world and hoping that that spreads over. Awesome. So um, do you want to tell the, the audience a little bit more about that? Um, like what that would include in ways they might be able to improve visibility and visitability in their own homes? Well, you want to attack that first since you're the, uh, the builder of the group? Yeah, uh, I'll take that one on. So, you know, that, that just means in our mind, it's pretty simple stuff, but it's things that we have to deal with every day. So it's wider doorways uh, that could be uh, making the house a smart home so that a person who was limited and had challenges, like say with finger dexterity or being able to grab things and hold things or twist things, would just be able to use their voice if, you know, they're able to use their voice. Uh, but there's just also just, you know, just so many different things that we could do, uh, open floor plans, uh, just make it easier to navigate and get around within uh, their uh, apartment house. Yeah. 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 It just, it just, it just kind of goes, you know, hand in hand. It's, it's also for us, it's just, it's, it's the way that things should be, you know, already, but, you know, but here it is, it's just a great opportunity to improve something you know, that we can put out in the universe that will hopefully help a lot of people. So. Absolutely. So do you guys want to talk about the design um, the for, for the, the wheel, the, the change design? I'm not describing it correctly. <laughs> it's the Accessible Icon Project. It's and uh, that is the logo for that you see on most, uh, what we call accessible parking. Some people like to call it disabled parking or that very, very, very old word, handicap parking. Yeah. Um, because, you know, we say accessible parking, you're like, what? We say handicap parking, they go, oh, yeah, the blue icon. Yes, yeah, the logo, you know. So, so I, yeah. I, I, yes, I feel language is very important. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, um, so the accessible icon project was created um, by a professor and his students. And I always get the college wrong, so I'm not even going to uh, try to get it right. But it, it was uh, this professor was part of a, a graffiti um, advocacy program. And uh, I guess some, some students went over and they, they did something that they shouldn't have done, but they painted over the wheelchair logo on the blue signs. Because um, for those who don't know it, that logo in itself was created back in 1969. And when that logo was Oh, you know what, Hector? Yeah. You're frozen. Oh, dang it. The logo was... Um, no. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, man. You were frozen up there a little bit, buddy. A little bit. I want to hear this. My back? Yeah. 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 Back. Hey, can you tell us again, please? <laughs> the uh, Accessible Icon Project uh, was created by um, a professor and his students uh, via uh, graffiti activism or graffiti advocacy that's called. And what they do is they pin it over a sign, the uh, blue and white sign as people may know as the uh, handicap parking or uh, disabled parking. But I, I like to use words like accessible parking mm -hmm. um, simply because that's, that's what it is. Um, but I, again, language is very, very important. So in, uh, in, and when they started advocating for this logo, um, I just wanted to give some people some background information that it's, uh, it's no logo from 1969. It hasn't been changed since 1969. Prior to 69, it just didn't have a head on it. 
and then in 69 they had it added a head to the to the logo and um so we you know that's when me and willis and another gentleman by finn bueller got together um and we started promoting the uh don't diss my ability because what we were trying to do is we're advocating for a new logo to for the you know for the united states to adopt a new logo to the accessibility but that was you know when we tried to address that with each state and me finn and and willis did exactly that but we started getting just a lot of pushback you know this was you know department of transportation and you know it's a universal the universal logo um, and then even the, uh, my own disability community here in Central Florida didn't really understand it. go, well, that doesn't represent me. And again, the new logo has a more, um, it's, an action, it's an action logo because it looks like the, the gentleman in the wheelchair is in motion, mm-hmm. you know. And, so, and that's so true because people with disabilities, despite your disability, um, are either uh, developing families and families, getting married, having children, are working. You know, it's like we do. We have places to go, things to do. And we're busy, you know, we're not just sitting in our wheelchairs, just waiting for things to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also have to educate our culture too. that, you know, some, some of them are in, are, are, have that old way of thinking and, and they perceive life as uh, they're entitled for things to get their rights and they should just come to them. You know, when it's really, if you want change to happen, you know, well, we, you know, we talk about it you know, all the time is that you got to get involved. You know, sit up, get on, sit on boards of uh, the Center for Independent Livings or, or, you know, just get involved in your community in any which way you can. Volunteer, mm-hmm. you know, be visual, you know, speak up, you know. So, so did you want to add to that, Willis, as far as, uh, as, far as why, you know, don't diss my ability and how we got with the name and again? Uh, Don, that name was uh, from, a, I think uh, originally it was from a Canadian company from Canada. Uh, we asked for permission to use those words but again after we put the aip logo in the center of it it pretty much became you know aip you know support for the accessible icon project gotcha interesting yeah. and, and it's just a, a more uh, retroactive uh, or or active look um you know some people call the original symbol the uh, international uh, icon if you will access yes yes access icon and it 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 just it, it doesn't really describe who we are you know, like most things, we just feel it's time that it's, it's changed and kind of upgraded and brought up to par, you know, if you will. But it, I think it also, it, it sends a uh, visual signal to people and, and it, it kind of changes your perspective in a certain way. Um, and then that, that's kind of, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say that uh, I know here in Florida um, that, you know, the, a big part of it. Let me just get my uh, my thought on this correctly. Um, that the logo was, uh, oh my goodness, can't think of the word. Lost my train of thought. That's all right. Well, yeah, and I was going to say real quick. Um, so it's um, on private property. There was definitely not any problems uh, with you know individuals or organizations changing it, but on. Uh, public property, that's where we kind of ran into, you know, some legal potential, you know, legal issues, or they they ran into it because they were kind of scared they could get sued and, you know, all this different stuff. Yeah, it was... <laughs> yeah, no, and, I, and now I remember what that was, Willis. So here in Florida, what I did is I just got tired of just, um, you know, trying to get these uh, small counties or small towns to adopt the logo. So what did start happening 
here and, and I'm sure in other states is that other corporations started adopting the logo. They didn't have to wait for the state to adopt the logo. Mm-hmm. If uh, Walgreens wants to make their, you know, accessibility signs, you know, the with the Accessible Icon project, they can do that. And so it, it just started popping up at McDonald's, at CVS, at Walgreens. It was their, it was again, their, their universal design that if you have a disability and you needed assistance while you were in the store, that, you know, just, you know, look for that logo or even now gas stations are not using it. You go online, we, we, we also now have an emoji of the Accessible Icon Project logo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're not using the stick figure. So that's, I, th- I think it's just, uh, w- you know, one voice at a time, right. one person at a time to just start promoting it and just start putting it out there and it grows like a seed. That's cool. Yeah. So, um, so tell me when, a little bit more about like when living the balanced life, um, when we're going to start to see new episodes where people can find it. Well, it's definitely going to be a Zoom chat, you know, so we're definitely going to be promoting it that way. Um, so, you know, and on social media, of course, on Facebook, on Twitter and so forth. Um, and you know what? It's you know, me and Willis definitely don't want to be pressured, you know, not that you're pressuring us, Donna. Uh, we don't want to be pressured. We don't want to do anything too fast, too quick. We definitely want to give it some time and we want it to be very natural. You know, I think both me and Willis know from a personal experience that, you know, we don't need to no longer have that thing to having to, um, impress individuals so so you're not going to see me and willis in a suit and a tie or anything like that it's going to be more of a laid back just you know just like you donna you're very more laid back you know it's just it doesn't have to be with all the bells and whistles you know yes no i'm serious you know so i i i love that i think people would appreciate that more if we're just ourselves you know so so yeah so we're just giving it some time to really just uh, make sure that you know we get enough support and um and and then, uh, and then we'll see how it grows from there, you know, because we want to, we want to grow with our audience, you know, so that's, that's the kind of thing as well, too. We want just to know what, what kind of topics our audience wants to hear about, mm-hmm. um, topics that we think are important, um, you know, so, so that's most. Yeah, so I, I, yeah. Just, I, I would definitely look for it, you know, maybe late March, uh, early April. Uh, by then, we, you know, we should have a couple shows recorded and uh, definitely will be, uh, using zoom as our, our main platform uh-huh. uh, to host the meetings but we'll also uh, be promoting it through like uh, hector said facebook twitter and possibly uh and, and more likely youtube you know uploading it on youtube so well that's what i was going to ask you too yeah yeah if people don't catch it live or they oh. should have been back and oh that's great that's great that's something i have not ventured into youtube territory it's kind yeah. of terrifying <laughs> <laughs> no okay. I, for me yeah. Yeah, it's not too bad. It's, it's a lot of YouTube uh, instructional tutorials out there on how to do it. I walked. I walked through some. We we tried a few. So we're we're actually also in the process of, and that's another reason we haven't really been rushing because we're really trying to focus on those five specific areas. Getting some individuals who really have, uh, I, I want to say, some life experience that's applicable to those areas, and and how they've used, you know, whatever they've gone through in life to actually, you know, what have they learned to keep their life in balance? Cause that, that's where we think that the value is really going to be is what, what can they really contribute these people, these individuals that we bring on the show outside of what, you know, me and Hector have experienced mm-hmm. in life and, and, and being able to, you know, get that message across to our audience uh, we think will be really helpful. 
Gotcha. Yep. And so I think you said this before, but you started this in the midst of COVID. Is that correct? Yeah. That's correct. Yep. Yep. As a matter of fact, uh, Willis was one of our speakers that we brought on um, to the show. Um, and, you know, many others. We started out doing a show when we came out in March in the middle of COVID. We, um, we thought that there was such a need for this that we did a show every day, Monday through Friday. Wow. All right. We did a show every day, Monday through Friday for 30 days. And um, I think at the end of 30 days, we were all cooked. You know, we said, wow, we don't know how these celebrities do it, man. But, uh-huh. but this, is, this is fatiguing. This, this takes, it really it takes a lot out of you to get those speakers, you know, to, to meet with the speakers prior to, you know, and just, you know, it was, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work. So then we started every other two weeks. And then, um, you know, once me and Willis start, uh, you know, just us being the host, um, we'll figure that out as well, too, you know, as we as we go along, if we're going to have it every other week or every month. Right. Um, well, that's really cool. And, and that's a huge undertaking. I don't know how you did that. So how long <laughs> was each day for those 30 days? It was it was amazing. I, I really did. It was it was amazing. But it was a lot of physical, mental work. You know, um, like I said, I mean, we invited bankers, uh, we, we invited uh, physical therapists, we invited open gyms, um, you know, in regards to that, you know, that anybody can work out of. Mm-hmm. We were introducing the whole virtual system to a lot of our users and people could go to inside buildings, you know, doctors, we invited some doctors to come on to speak about, um, to speak about COVID and, and some of the science to look for. Uh, we had a professional nurse by the name of Norman Wright, and he was like, you know, our, our guy that was really, really following COVID-19, and he was uh, showing that on a big map. And, you know, I mean, that's why we still have to keep our guard up. You know, a lot of us, we can't get so comfortable and that we think it's just going to be like a new the flu, you know, that we just have to accept. So, um, but I don't like to get political, and I don't like to get, you know, too religious on that matter. But, you know, it's just, it's just about some common sense. Mm-hmm. And just about how to better take care of yourself and address some of the issues that even were here prior to COVID, you know, so that's why, I, I, you know, that's why me and Willis are no longer, you know, going to be doing it in regards to COVID, but it's going to be more about everyday life, right. you know, for anybody, you know, Absolutely. because like I said before, this affects everyone, mm-hmm. uh, even the caregivers. So, you know, we want to invite some caregivers, you know, on the show and want to talk to them, you know, whether they're family members or whether they get services through a, uh, professional agency you know but who's what is your system like you know who, who have they chosen to have the, you know to receive this personal care because it is personal care when you're talking about every day monday through friday getting up you yeah. know people like willis might not need it you know people like he might need might need it more mm-hmm. you know i have 24-hour care mm-hmm. uh and stuff and um yeah no it's it's it, there's a lot to talk about trust me absolutely i'm sure i mean i i with the, how, was there a big shortage of, of home care? There was. What was happening, and uh, we have another uh, uh, good friend of us known as Jen Wolf. Jen is what, out of uh, Ohio. And she did see, sorry about that. She did see um, a lot of individuals um, with disabilities, um, you know, their, their, their attendants wouldn't show up. You know, because they were either fearful of COVID or they just, you know, they weren't willing to go and take care of somebody who's vulnerable to getting COVID, you know, with respiratory issues and so forth. So, um, so yeah, so they got together as a group. And that's the way, I mean, that's what I really do love about our community, that it, it is growing so fast mm-hmm. um, in regards to really advocating, you know, for ourselves, you know, really. But you have to really find value in yourself first in order to feel 
like you really have something to give back or something to share with people, whatever story they may have. Um, so, so yes, yeah, so that's, that's, that really is a big part of it. Just constantly educating people, you know, whether it's the individual themselves, whether it's disability or, you know, a doctor. I mean, I, I still go to doctor's appointments. So I'm still educating them as far as how to do a transfer onto a bed, what can we use, you know? So yeah, that, that I guess that's always going to be an ongoing thing. Going for sure. Wow. Well, that, I mean, at least there's from, from COVID, at least some good things happened, you know? I mean, like, it, at least it, it normalized this kind of communication. And, and working from home, because I realized this, I applied for a grant, which I don't think I got, but I put all of this stuff into it about, you, it changed, for, for me, it gave me opportunities that I, ne- I never would have thought of doing a podcast before. You know, I hadn't even, never crossed my I didn't even know that was out there. But anyway, so there are benefits from that and we can springboard off it and do all kinds of cool things. So I'm really glad I was able to talk to both of you about yourselves and going forward. And, and, um, and I, I think the show is going to be much needed and appreciated. And, um, you know, it's good to bring you on Donna as well. So, you know, you know, because you're now, you've been at this a lot longer than we have. Me and Willis have been at this. So, you know, you're doing a great job. So well, thank you. Know that. Thank you. Thank Willis. you so much. I'm almost at 1,000 downloads, which <laughs> is really <laughs> exciting. Right on. But anyway, but it's fun, you know, and I just kind of uh, – I always loved nonprofits. I've met so many cool people, and I learned about podcasting, and I just thought that's something I can do. I can do that. So that's how it started. And so I get to meet, you know, cool people like you guys and help you spread your message. And I'm hoping a lot of people hear about it. And they'll, when, maybe when they see that icon, they'll remember the conversation and say, oh, that's what they're talking about, you know. <laughs> and like I'm thinking maybe like with the government resistance and stuff, maybe it's a matter of money. And so, I want to repaint all the time, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. Well, that. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Willis. Well, I was going to say, yeah, that's, that's definitely some of it. But our thing would be, well, why not do it the next time that you have to upgrade the sign or paint the sign due to damage or whatnot? And uh, just to comment, piggyback off what you were saying earlier about the show, uh, it, what we hope it, it becomes is more of a uh, supportive uh, show, support group-ish, if you will, but, but also that it will help us uh, – be a provider of resources or connections to resources. And then that's, that's, we think that that's really important and should help a lot of people through that. Nice. So do you think you'll maybe have a Facebook group or some other way of, of connecting folks or would they go through your website, Hector, the HDV speaks? Yeah, no, HDV speaks is, you know, is, is individual from, from Lyft and working with Willis because we, you know, that's, that's what we want to promote people that even though sometimes you want to network with other people, you can, but we really want people to just find that value within themselves. So they can either, yes, they will either contact, um, you know, either lift program uh, information or information regarding don't this, uh, I'm sorry, guarding information regarding living the balanced life. So of course they'll find out through our information, but we want to get our, our, our message out there all over, you know, throughout, different social media uh, venues or just on the website on other websites. We want to be able to link with other 
uh, organizations such as yours, Donna, or, or whoever is out there. We want to just try to share the share the wealth of information and resources. Cool. When well, when it's ready to launch, let me know, and I'll I'll okay. let everybody I know know. Awesome. Okay, we appreciate that. And right now, we we are. Awesome. I want to say in the in the process of looking for uh, any individual who could help us with some of the. Uh, technical stuff you know with the facebook you know managing and promoting and all those different things so that we can just focus on being the host you know more or less yeah we yeah we would love to take on a marketing intern we would love to really take on other other you know other interns i would like well said would help us with the you know um you know putting our information out there on a flyer uh taking in and looking at other speakers information and stuff like that i mean you know the deal donna are you like a one-man show do you do it all i'm a, I'm a solo preneur one woman show entrepreneur that's it and i put caregiver in there too because you know i'm doing this as a caregiver for my husband and i want to let other people know yeah you can make a living from home hopefully you know yeah. at and um so ultimately i'm gonna start with a Facebook group to kind of bring all the podcast stuff together and talk about nonprofit stuff. And eventually I want to have like courses and cause I love nonprofits, but also I don't want to rip people off too, you know, and mm-hmm. charge a fortune. So I want to do something that's affordable, maybe like group consulting or something, but just to just move, move things along, you know, help mm-hmm. me people move things along so anyway uh so do you guys have anything else to say i i had i i we had gave such great information yeah i guess just you know be looking for us you know soon in the future and uh you know we're, we're all about helping other people uh so we'll definitely uh you know make sure we get all our contact information to you and we'll get all the website and everything set up yes uh, yeah we'll, we'll definitely get that information out to you so. Wonderful. Yeah. Hector, you have anything to add? Um, yeah, no, my, my, my partner there, Willis, he, he, he's got it all covered there. Okay. Uh, you know? <laughs> so now I'm just excited to get it going up again. I, I think it was a, you know, a good resource for people to tune into and just, you know, you know whether it's the speakers that we're going to have or, or we're going to have uh, other activities or events that we're going to be doing on the show. Um, so no, I think it's uh, definitely something to look forward to. Well, it's going to be great. Um, I know that I've I've kept you for a while, and I appreciate your time so much, both of you, and and making this happen. And uh, thank you so much. And we'll wrap it up. But uh, thank you, and um, yeah, we'll be in touch, and we'll see you on the airwaves. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for awesome, having Donna. Thank you so much for having us. Take care. Have a good one. All right. Bye. 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 Well, that's a wrap for this episode of Giving Heartbeat, where we make unsung heroes into everyday superheroes. Please be my hero and subscribe, download, rate, and review and tell all your friends. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to Naomi Charney for my beautiful cover art. Thanks to Chris Hogan for his theme music, Pure Magic. And to audio engineer extraordinaire Don Sternacker at Mixolydian Studios. Please take action today to support nonprofits that connect with your passion. 
be the change you want to see in the world. Until next time, the beat goes on. This is Donna Valente. Peace out. <laughs>